Thursday, November 9th, another episode here of season two of the Wheat and Watch. And you saw by the title, we're going to be previewing men's and women's hoops for Wheaton College. And we got a lot more going on, uh, some headlines to talk about to say uh, with the hoop season coming up. So we'll dive into that. But first, we're going to go over the headlines that I want to get to. The first one and the biggest one. The 2023 Men's Soccer Athlete of the Year, Wheaton College senior Robert Lloyd. Um, I know Rob pretty well over the last couple of years. Hard worker, great guy. Nobody really more deserving for this. And kind of shows you how good of a player he is because he didn't light up the stats by any means. Only had three goals this season, I believe. And he just made such a difference out in the midfield. Um it was so fun to watch him in this team this year. And uh, it was sad to see them not being able to advance to the championship. It was a great game they played to get to the semifinals. They ended up losing one nothing to Babson. And that took down Springfield by a hefty amount, 4 nothing, back in the quarterfinals. And another more impressive note, it's the second year in the row, second year in a row, that Whedon has gotten the New Mac Men's Soccer Player of the Year, Alistair Ferrier. Got it last season as the sophomore. Um, so congratulations to Rob. Really deserving of this. And um, a couple more awards brought home from the Wheaton men's soccer team. Second team All-New Mac, his buddy Ryan Bell and the sophomore Joey Everett. Congratulations to them. Three excellent players out on the field and really deserving recognition for Lloyd and Bell and their careers here at Wheaton. Really happy for them. I mean, they deserve this and more. Two great guys, two great players. And overall, it was an excellent season for Wheaton men's soccer. Um, that was just a tough one they ran into against Babson. Uh, it would have been huge if they could have gotten that two seed to avoid that, maybe till the championship. But, I mean, that's how good the conference was this year. I wouldn't have expected it at the beginning of the year, but WPI took the whole thing home. And I, even by talking to some of the players they were still not even the favorite going into the championship even being the one seed and um just really really strong new mac men's soccer field this year from top to bottom even teams towards the bottom giving other teams a good run you know uh babson had a couple of ties towards the end of the season uh wheaton obviously coming away with one nothing victories and close ones against teams that on paper shouldn't have been as close, but take the Emerson game, for example. That was a well-played game from Emerson. Wheaton obviously came away with a one nothing win in that, but still just great soccer all around. So uh, that's what I wanted to get to first. Congratulations to them. Another new Mac athlete taking home some postseason hardware. Senior goalkeeper from field hockey, Emma La Preziosa. Named first team All-New Mac, one of the more decorated athletes on the field hockey squad in Wheaton history. And what she accomplished, she reached 500 saves in the last game. I talked about that last episode, but just it's so impressive what she did because it was only in three seasons with one of them being cut short because of COVID. Uh, just she was phenomenal every game I got to go see and obviously the ones I wasn't there at either and just 500 saves is insane and getting that first team all new Mac is what she deserved I believe all three years she was named to either first or second team all new Mac and deserving of that is just a wall in the cage and 
it's going to be weird seeing her not in the cage for Wheaton in the coming years, but that's what they had the two first-year goalkeepers for. It's going to be fun to see who will lead the Wheaton College field hockey team in the coming years. It's going to be very interesting and very exciting. So congratulations, men's soccer, Lloyd, Bell, and Everett, and Wheaton Field Hockey, MLA Preziosa for taking home those awards in the postseason. Wheaton women's volleyball cracked the postseason, and if you listen to um, two episodes ago, we had Juliana Flack, on senior on the women's volleyball team. We were talking about it. They haven't experienced the postseason yet, anybody on that team, and was happy they were able to do so, grab the seventh out of eighth seed from the new Mac. Sadly, though, went on the road to Babson this past Tuesday, fell three sets to nothing. So that wraps up the women's volleyball season, but it was a good one. It was able to get in the postseason, and that was the goal from my understanding. Um, good season for Coach Craig Letourneau here in Norton. And another volleyball news, um, another week and another Player of the Week award for Wheaton Women's Volleyball, Sydney Lyon, the recipient this time. She got Offensive Player of the Week in three matches. She had uh, she averaged 4.77 points per set, and that's just phenomenal that um, the women's volleyball team was just getting all this recognition within about the last month or so. Was, I think it was every week over the past three weeks they had a Player of the Week either on the offensive or defensive side. So volleyball wrapped up their season. Seventh seed in the playoffs, lost on the road to Babson. And that should be all of the fall news that we have for you right now. Um, Yeah, it was just volleyball wrapping up, men's soccer wrapping up. We already had an episode um, a little over a week ago where we covered the end of women's soccer and field hockey, uh, along with cross country. So that's all we got for the fall sports. Now, moving on to the hybrid uh, men's and women's swim and dive. Uh, this weekend, they both came away with big wins on the road at Bridgewater State, as expected. Um, the women's side, it was 170 to 115, and the men were able to come away with the win as well to get their First dual meet win of the year, they took down Bridgewater State by an even larger margin at 193-69. to And it's going to be a battle in Balfour tomorrow, though. Uh, both men's and women's swim and dive hosting Coast Guard. I know for the men, that's usually one of the tougher meets. Coast Guard always nationally ranked on the men's side for swimming. For the woman, it'll be a test. They've um, taken down Coast Guard the last two years. They'll try to make it three in a row, but... If you can, get out to that. It's going to be an awesome day for Wheaton Athletics tomorrow and awesome day to be inside the Haas Athletic Center. So you have men's and women's swim and dive kicking off against Coast Guard at 4, so you can catch that for a little bit. And an hour after, women's basketball will be tipping off. Um, I'm going to get to that momentarily, previewing their season. They're hosting their own tip-off tournament this year, just like the men did last year. So tomorrow, men's and women's swimming 4 o'clock inside Balfour, Friday. Nothing better. Make sure you're inside the Haas Athletic Center for that. It's going to be a great night of Wheaton Athletics. And, all right, we're now officially in my most favorite time of the year. It's hoop season. 
so excited. I wait pretty much all year for this, and it's finally here. Kicking off tomorrow. I really, I can't be more excited. Um, those of you that know me, I just love basketball. I love calling the games. It's uh, one of my favorite things to do here besides, obviously, being out at Seidel Stadium. This is probably number two. Um, we'll get right into it. We're going to preview the women's basketball season. And um, before we even get into that, probably the biggest note about the season, um, those of you that know that um, Sarah Binkhorst no longer coaching the team, um, her own decision obviously wasn't anything bad. Um, it was sad to see her go happy for um, her new opportunities, but uh, she was awesome. Always great to me in her time here. Uh, made sure she said goodbye on one of her last days. Uh, Going to miss seeing her on the sidelines, but now getting her chance as interim head coach, the assistant Allison Chernow. Um, she'll still have Natalie Wynn on her staff, so that's one big change you'll see on the sideline for women's basketball. They'll kick off their season tomorrow night inside Emerson Gymnasium, hosting RPI Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute. Five o'clock tip for the Wheaton tip-off tournament. That'll be followed by a seven o'clock tip between Riviere and Western New England. Uh, it's going to be their uh, only home game for a good chunk of time here. So they're going to have that home game tomorrow and Saturday. They'll play either Riviere or WNE in the third place game or championship game of the tip-off tournament. And then they'll be on the road at LaSalle, on the road at Endicott, on the road at Johnson & Wales, on the road against Regis, on the road against Williams, on the road against Middlebury, at Curry, December 7th, and then they're not going to be back inside Emerson Gymnasium playing a game until December 9th. Right before winter break, they'll host Bridgewater State Saturday afternoon, 3 o'clock tip. So this is going to be the last time they'll be on the home floor for nearly a month. That is unheard of. Just playing a gauntlet on the road, too. A lot of really good competition on that schedule. And it all starts tomorrow at 5. I'm not going to be on the call for that one. You'll have Sal Lopez on the New Max Sports Network at 5 o'clock for Wheaton RPI. I'll be right next door inside Balfour and Auditorium um, doing the swim and dive meet against Coast Guard. And then you'll hear me and Sal, 7 o'clock, Riviera, Western New England, Sal Lopez on the play-by-play. I'll be doing color for that game. And I'll have the Wheaton game on Saturday, whether that's against Riviera or Western New England. Uh, really looking forward to it. So kind of talk about the team right now. And they're in a really good spot. Um, didn't lose a single point of scoring from last year. Returned everybody that um, had an impact on the team. That even played everybody's back. A uh, good mix to... From the first-year class all the way up to the seniors, you have the seniors, Emma Kiernan, and now Maddie Mueller, who was in the class of 2025. She'll graduate early, so she's moved up to the class of 2024. And then you have that good core of juniors and sophomores as well. And then the first year, Cheyenne Colbert, um, along with Anaya Boston, and to round out the incoming rookie class, Tatum Young. So three first years, 
to add to the team. So just adding, not subtracting anyone on the roster. Uh, in terms of preseason polls, they were picked eighth by the conference. Uh, that's just right around where they finished last year. So hopefully you'll see that skyrocket. Obviously, these things don't mean that much. Smith was picked first overall. They made a good run in the women's NCAA tournament last year, I believe all the way up to the Elite Eight. Then Rhode Island College beat them to move on to the Final Four, MIT, at number two in the preseason poll. They received two first-place votes. And then in order, it's Babson, Springfield, WPI, Coast Guard, Emerson, Wheaton, Salve, Clark, Wellesley, and Mount Holyoke to round out the 12 teams in the women's basketball preseason poll. And from top to bottom, I feel like that's a pretty respectable poll given the results from last season. Um, interesting to see what Salve is going to be like this season. Uh, actually, Wheaton did play Salve last year, now that I remember. And that was a big win. That was part of their seven-game winning streak that the Wheaton woman went on. A lot of home games, too, on that streak. The complete polar opposite this year with all those away games. But uh, nothing that really jumps out to me that I feel like should be switched. But my prediction is going to be that Wheaton will finish higher than eighth in this poll. And it's just because, um, not in the poll at the end of the season, it's just because all the experience they have, the returners, um, just so much scoring. And their strong suit is what I believe to be um, their connectiveness on the court and the ability to shoot the basketball from anywhere, um, no matter who has it. I mean, you have Regan Cater, who's usually going to be uh, your forward, one of the taller players on the floor on either side. And she can step out and shoot it from three. She's been getting better and better at that. And Fernandes is going to do which she's capable of thrashing, driving, pulling up. Minos can shoot it from outside. Everybody can really shoot the ball pretty well, and that's what I feel like is going to help them. And interesting to see uh, what impact the newcomers are going to bring on this squad. And it's all going to kick off tomorrow night, 5 o'clock, inside Emerson. Uh, conference games are going to start off not until a long time, different than the men who we'll get to in one second. Their first new Mac game is going to be January 13th, which is fairly late, unless I'm missing something here, which I don't believe I am. Um, January 13th on the road at Coast Guard. Uh, they'll open up new Mac play at home January 17th versus Mount Holyoke. First game in the second semester at home, we're going to have students in the building. will be a Wednesday night, January 31st against Salve, 7 o'clock tip. Uh, don't believe that's a doubleheader with the men. I think that's a standalone game. So, yep, that's what we got for women's hoops right now going in to the 2023-2024 season led by interim head coach Allison Chernow. And now lastly... We'll take a look at Wheaton men's basketball. Um, just like the woman, they'll be opening up with a tip-off tournament to start off the season. But unlike the woman, this will be on the road. And that'll get going this weekend as well. Um, last year, they hosted the Wheaton tip-off tournament. This year, they'll be on the road at the University of New England up in Biddeford, Maine. 
And there's just going to be a Saturday-Sunday tip-off tournament. Saturday, 7 o'clock, primetime. They'll face off against the Warriors of Eastern Connecticut State up in Biddeford, Maine. And then they'll get either the University of New England, the host, or Medgar Evers in the third place or championship game. That'll be at either 1 o'clock or 3 o'clock on Sunday. And they're going to have a good amount of road games to open up the season. They'll be on the road at Trinity Wednesday, November 15th, on the road at Eastern Nazarene, a rematch of last year's Aaron Williams buzzer beater game. That'll be November 18th. First home game, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving against Roger Williams, 6 o'clock. Um, I hate that that first home game is going to be with no students in the building. Likely no students or just a handful. Everybody will be um, off of campus by then, ready, ready to get home for Thanksgiving week. That So Tuesday, November 21st, before Thanksgiving against Roger Williams games. Um, for those of you Wheaton basketball junkies, that is the exact um, day and matchup from two years ago. The Alex Carlisle game, a school record 46 points against the Hawks that night. Wheaton prevailed with a three-point win. That was one of my favorite games to watch ever. I mean, he just literally could not miss in the second half. It was, oh, it was insane to watch. Uh, first home game with students, though, won't have to wait that long. A couple days after, everyone will be back from Thanksgiving break. It'll be Tuesday, November 28th, so exactly a week after the Roger Williams game. They'll host LaSalle. Um, third season in a row, they've played them all of my years here at Wheaton. It's usually a pretty good game. Last year, uh, I think Williams and Carlisle both had over 30 points in that game. They won that game. Uh, last time they played LaSalle at home, though, it was LaSalle coming away with a win. But enough talking about last year's team. This is this year's Wheaton team, and it is a very new-look Wheaton basketball team. You don't have your core in upperclassmen with obviously the scoring Williams and Carlisle and the glue guys, uh, Pat Ode, Evan Cook, who Cook just put up 24 in his debut for Suffolk last night. A shout out to him doing his post-grad at Suffolk, opened up their season against Eastern Nazarene and Evan Cook, a career high 24. So a huge congrats to him. Uh, no Lima also as well. For the core, good to see him back on campus recently. Saw him at a volleyball game, I believe. Uh, it's just a really new-look team. It's going to be a new feel. Just don't have that core of seniors, but you do have a lot of talented players and a very talented first-year class. Going to have to turn to guys like Harry, Morrissey, obviously Murphy for the scoring, and then down low, you're going to really need to see production from Thahar, Bubar, and um, Tarmo Tari as well. A lot of size and strength down there. And the offense is going to need to flow efficiently through the bigs and through outside with Murphy and Harry. Um, just can't get one-sided, I feel like, to really have success. You're going to have to see it from the forwards and the guards. That's basically all I'm saying. And I'm excited to see the results this weekend. Uh, 
I think they have a good shot at winning the whole thing, if I'm being completely honest. The tip-off tournament, that being, just have to get through Eastern Connecticut, and then they'll have either UNE or Medgar Evers, and I'm not going to lie to you, I don't know much about the Medgar Evers basketball team, but I do know UNE was just picked dead last in the CCC preseason poll. So if you get through Eastern, you have a good chance at going 2-0 on the weekend. In terms of their own preseason poll for the new Mac, Wheaton was um, picked to finish tied seventh with Coast Guard. Here's the poll as follows. Number one, WPI. Um, they were probably the favorites to win the new Mac last year. Then Babson kind of blitzed them out of nowhere. The three seed Beavers won the new Mac last year. But WPI first with five first place votes. And then right behind them, Babson with three first place votes. Number three, Clark. Took home one first place vote. And then at four, it was Emerson. Five, MIT. Six, Springfield. Wheaton and Coast Guard tied at seven. And then rounding out the pack at nine is the newcomer, Salve Regina. Um, just, I, just like the woman's poll, I feel like that's fair. I mean, obviously you want to be picked higher than tied for seventh in your preseason poll. But... Um, from an outsider's perspective, without really knowing the team, I mean, you look at you look at it on paper. You lost your two best scorers, two of the best scorers in school history, and then a couple of really good pieces that go around there. Um, I mean, that is a fair selection. I do predict they'll finish higher than that, and I really think that's because Ty Murphy is just going to have a heck of a year. Um, got to see him. In some scrimmages, heard some good things. He's can shoot lights out. Uh, then yeah, I just I'm really excited for the first year of class too. A lot of athleticism in there, a lot of skill. You have um, two guys that I played against in high school a couple of times out of LaSalle. Dimitri Iafrady did his post grad year at uh, Marianapolis, I believe. It's not listed on his roster card. LaSalle's just listed. So. Um, he's got a lot of experience and talent, just really quick too. And then out of Hendrickens, LaSalle's arch rival, Cameron Chin, first year, really just athletic wing, can play basketball. And then I don't know a lot about him, but you have a lot of size in the first year of class too. Marcus Norton at 6'4". Um, at 6'5", Muhammad Nasareddin. And then at 6'3", Zach Harvey. Um, just it on paper, it looks good for this incoming class that, oh, and then I just missed this too. At six, four, Elin gross at a New York city, the rookie. Um, so it looks like Brian Walmsley has himself a pretty good rookie class here. Uh, I just, I, I ultimately think barring any injuries or unforeseen circumstances that this team will finish higher than 7th in the new Mac, and with no doubt it's going to be hard to take down a WPI, a Babson, or a Clark. Those teams are just loaded again with talent. Um, a lot of good returners, but turn to guys in the junior class like Murphy, like Bubard, Thaher, to just have these breakout games and ultimately put together a breakout season, and I'm really excited for the sophomores too, Owen Morrissey and Tristan Harry. They had a lot of run last year for first years on a veteran-heavy team. And I just 
think they're going to take a huge jump in their second year after having one year of college hoops under their belt. And it's going to be a great time to watch this team. It's going to be fun to watch. They can shoot it. They can score from inside. And they're going to be ready to kick off NUMAC play a lot earlier than the women do. They'll host MIT. Oh, well, they'll host MIT for their first NUMAC game um, at home. But their first NUMAC game in general is going to come on the road December 6th in Worcester against Clark. And then that Saturday, December 9th, they'll be home against MIT. So I think with that addition of Salve, we're just kicking off NUMAC play a lot sooner than usual. So after that December 6th game against Clark, it's going to be all conference games all the way up until the end of the season besides when they host Linden State out of Vermont on January 6th in a rematch of last year that featured the Carlisle brothers last year. Won't have them this year, obviously. But um, that's what I got. Men's and women's hoops previews. A lot of other action going on. Make sure... You're inside the Haas Athletic Center tomorrow for women's hoops and men's and women's swim and dive. And for always, thanks for listening to the Wheat and Watch here on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm Jackson Walsh. 